Hey everyone, Jason Torchinski here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, thanks to our new sponsor, Marble. Marble? We got we got a rock to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> no, David. Marble with a capital M. It's the only all-in-one app for managing your insurance policies and getting rewarded for it. Okay, all right. Well, I have a bunch of cars that I think they're all probably insured, so this could mm, help. Probably not, but Marble's great. It's fast and it's easy to set up as it'll put all of your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free, which we love around here, being cheapskates, and it will automatically alert you if your rates are going to increase, probably with some kind of really loud sound. Once you set it up, you don't have to do anything as it does it for you, like a robot trained to monitor insurance. And you get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. A marble spewing robot. Whew, that sounds great. How many marbles did you get from it? I got, let's see, carry the two, 900 marbles. Uh, what do you do with that many marbles? I just put them all on a Target gift card. Okay, what'd you do at Target? What'd you get? I got a big uh, crap load of Hot Wheels. I assume for uh, your child? Yeah, yeah, sure, for my child. Mm, okay, well, anyway, um, okay, that sounds good. I like Hot Wheels. Uh, where do I sign up? So you just go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian and you start adding your policies. And not only will you be supporting this podcast, you will also get rewarded just for being a real adult and keeping on top of your insurance. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian, is that right? Yes, David. That's joinmarble.co slash Autopian. Welcome to the Autopian Podcast. Okay, who wants to talk about some new stuff? Pull up the website, talk about some stories we've written. Check it out. Bo, did you get cool. a chance to see this thing yet? I have not. Well, get right. okay, we're going to get your first impressions of this. Hyundai Envision 74, named after the 1974 Pony prototype. Yeah. Uh, this is a concept car from Hyundai. It's a hydrogen hybrid. First so it's off, it's got a battery and a fuel stack, a fuel cell, right? Wow. Yes. Yeah, which is interesting. Okay. I haven't heard of that before. Look at how much is going on here on the yeah, side of this car. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say, I'm into it. Like, it's no, I think exciting. it's fun. It is exciting. There, Look at that. There's Scoop. a lot going on, but for some reason it works. Yeah, I think. I'm digging it. Look at this I think it looks end. great. Yeah, the front end oh, looks okay, good. Okay, okay. Bo, what does this car look like? Like, what car does this look like? I was just trying to think of that because it's like, like a morph of a couple, but it, it's... Well, uh, the sil the paint, the silver gives it a little bit of... DeLorean, it, yeah. Right, Definitely. yeah, right. Especially Jason, yeah. Jason, is there a tie-in with DeLorean here? There absolutely is. So, this should have uh, been the DeLorean. This is an Ital design car, the Giorgio, however oh, you pronounce nice. Giorgio. So he, uh, it was based on the show. So Hyundai... Uh, it's all design did the original Hyundai pony, like the first South Korean mass produced car. And then they did a show car version of it. That was a coupe um, based on it. And it has these same lines. This is directly based on it. And DeLorean, which is also an Italian design uh, car. They went to them, use this as a template. So there is a direct line 
of uh, to the DeLorean from this thing because this thing was based on a car that the, the DeLorean was based on. Yeah, there. That's yeah, you can cool. see the other the, the the original that it was styled on right here, and you can see it's, there it is. And it's oh, great wow. looking. I mean, this is like prime early 70s origami style, Ital right. design, Giorgio style design, where everything's like super crisp, crisp folds, flat panes, not too much ornamentation. It's just great looking. Really and I think is. Hyundai did a fantastic job updating it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's, this is I'm glad people are excited about this because this feels novel and interesting. And the the use of an all EV powertrain, both because normally I'm very skeptical about hydrogen because there's like that one hydrogen station in Southern California mm -hmm. and like Toyota has been messing with it for decades and it's never grown. But this version feels a little, I think because you could get rid of the fuel stack and it'd be just a BEV and it would still work fine. Every time but, I think hydrogen, I think bomb. So that's probably not a good association. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, it's that's, not great. It's not wrong. Okay. So the, another, the other bit of news is the Hyundai RN22e. Uh, which is a horrible name, but it doesn't matter. This is basically the Ionic 6 sedan, um, sort of in a race form. It, this weirdly, so this, this is very odd. This car is meant to preview the Ionic 5N. So they decided to use an Ionic 6 body to preview the Ionic. 5. It doesn't really matter. Uh, that is um, weird. The point I like is, the look of the 6, though. I think it looks kind so of Porsche like. I think it's, it's a great looking car. Hyundai, Kia is doing some some really solid work lately like you know, they, they are go for it they're they're not afraid to uh, to try things even right. though market research will say to definitely not do this they do it anyway and i i love that about them you know like, so do i yeah let's bring the, out a stinger that's a great car that nobody wants to buy yeah oh, Sting yeah. i loved the stinger i, I did too but yeah you're right i mean no one's i don't think they sold that many of them but i think they're fantastic and i love that they're not making another crossover or suv for their yeah. thing they're just doing clearly something that somebody there wants to do which i have to so do. so i have to Don't say take chances and I, I appreciate when companies take chances yeah, absolutely i think right now is the perfect time to take chances with design gotcha. so especially with evs where differentiating an ev yep. you're not going to do that with an engine note you're not going to do that with a, a transmission sh you know with the way a transmission shifts you're not going to do that with an engine torque curve there are all these things that you're no and, and even you're not going to do that with uh Weight, weight bias, you know, like a Porsche 911 has the engine in the back. All these cars have all their weight between the axles. So there are so many areas where you're no longer able to differentiate yourself as a yeah. brand or as a car. And I think with EVs more than ever, design and packaging are going to be the two Huge. like really important differentiators. Oh, I think you're 100% right on that. I think does all everything else becomes more important because, again you don't have all the ways we used to differentiate them. And I think that's going to be exciting because there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot they can do. If they really lean into this and get creative, hopefully we'll see a lot of interesting stuff. And hopefully the flexibility of like common platforms will allow for greater flexibility and they'll be able to take more risks and it won't be so bad because they're not really designing a whole new car they're like plopping a new body onto yeah, yeah that, that's the beauty of it too is there's you know no restrictions uh from engineering like we were talking about before i mean yeah, it's a lot fewer uh you know just it, it's a skateboard you can do whatever you want with it uh and the other you know uh, areas uh, uh, technology is going to be a big one um yeah. on how uh, the interface works because you know we know that some are absolutely terrible uh yeah. and i will say 
that there is actually a differentiation more than I would have believed on uh, on the different way that cars drive uh, and how the uh, suspension, uh, how all the packaging comes together. Because this is going to sound nuts and people are going to think I'm crazy, but I think there are elements of the Mach-E that really drive like a Mustang. I think you take a Taycan out and it drives like a Porsche. So you can get, and they're finding a little bit of the soul of the yeah. brand in, in EVs, but it's much, much harder for sure. And to, to the point we're making, absolutely design is 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 what it's all gonna be about. Uh, but there's a lot more obviously that goes into an EV. Uh, but this is this could be like a new golden era of design, which I think is. I agree. Really Couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is exciting. And that is a good point. Vehicle dynamics are still vehicle dynamics. Yeah. So good suspension design and steering like that is still relevant uh, with an EV, of course. Um, I, on this topic, you know, since we're looking at this Hyundai Ioniq 6. Yeah, we've looked at this for a while. Um, they really like N, by the way. Is it, what is it? N I'm not sure why they picked N as their letter for their. Well, reason. I'm sure there's an not answer. R. Not no, slow not is what guess. it stands for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It means not slow. So here's the thing about this. So this Ionic 6, and then you look at some Tesla's models. I think, uh, Jason and I have been arguing on, not really arguing, but talking about this. I think the sedan is going to make a comeback. And mm -hmm. I, the main reason is, I think that range is more important than ride height or it's going to become more important than like, say two miles per gallon. Like, okay, you can buy a Ford Focus or you can buy a Ford uh, Escape that gets just a little bit worse fuel economy. But those couple of miles per gallon, you know, the difference in the, the amount of energy it takes to move an SUV versus a sedan, that's gonna be like probably 50 miles of range. And people yeah. care so much about range. Because well, the consequences are so much higher. Like, because filling gas is filling gas no matter what you drive, and it takes the same amount of time, and it's easy. Mm -hmm. Range actually has a bigger cost in time. So small differences in range mean real differences in how you can use the car. And I think, so I think it's magnified from what, like, a car that got 22 miles to a gallon versus one that gets 26 you're living basically the same way. But if you're talking 250 miles of range and 320 miles of range, all of a sudden what you can do with that car does change. Well, yeah, it's, again, it, it is ready for a, a, a comeback, I believe, but it, it might not be what we would traditionally call a sedan either. I mean, you know, CUVs kind of morph the difference between an SUV and a, and a sedan, but we may see more of that coming. You know, we get more sleek designs that have a little bit higher ride height. And, and again, that's another beauty. It doesn't have to uh, uh, fit into, into one box. Uh, but Tesla showed that the sedan market is still alive. Yeah. I think part of the problem is that, um, you know, a lot of these companies are looking at the return on investment and just saying it's not worth it. And to develop a whole new car at this point would be extremely expensive in a hyper competitive market that's shrinking. So it doesn't make sense. However, when you get into EVs and you're talking about, um, you know, a, a, a really more widely spread development costs. In other words, the difference between a, a developing an SUV and a sedan are, are, are very similar. Uh, it gives the opportunity now come back with another sedan without having that huge cost and risk behind it. So absolutely, um, uh, that will come back. And, you know, the manufacturers, they also get into this thing like, oh, it's a shrinking market. Yeah, it's a shrinking market because everyone's getting out of it. But if as soon as you get some great products back in that market, 
people get, you know, back into it. So as soon as they're sick of driving these big SUVs that don't handle well and they want to get into something that, you know, they can really tear around the corners, uh, they've got to have that 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 car out there that's going to, uh, you know, really lure them back in. Right. But you need that you need that bait first. And that's kind of what we're missing, I believe, are great sedans. And I, I do think they're coming back. Yeah, see, the thing, I don't see. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping they do, because, you know, the thing is, it's not just about range. Like there's there are some consequences to trying to achieve the same range with a bigger car. It's not just weight. It, it's cost like it's yeah. it, like the amount of money required to get an SUV to go as far as a smaller mm-hmm. sedan. It, it's staggering. Whereas yeah. you, you know, on, on an ICE car, it's like you just blow mold a bigger gas tank. Like it's, right. you know, it's like. So what's the well, difference you know, between people that call it ICE and ICE? Like <laughs> the, the point of an abbreviation is to shorten the amount of time it takes to say it. Yeah, so ice. Then you well, ice just sounds weird though in some way. It does. Ice just doesn't work for me. I just I, I just can't do it. Come how many syllables in combustion? Like www car. Yeah. Combustion car is four syllables. I see. I see is three. Combustion. Well, combustion and ICE have the same number of syllables. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. So, I was thinking about your German <laughs> efficiency and how efficient your language. Anyway, sorry to get off subject. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so um Yes, Let's talk about this back. that you have up, David, because this is interesting too. The subscription thing. Okay, yeah. Okay. Everybody loves paying for subscriptions. So okay, we're gonna, I... we're gonna go through a couple of stories we've written on the Utopian. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try to go through them relatively quickly. This one is about BMW's subscription for heated seats, which has been man, people have been not thrilled about this. I think I know what the line is here. I think I know what pisses people off. A subscription for something like XM radio or something that involves an actual service people are okay with. If it's hardware that's built into the car that's being disabled because of subscription, nobody wants that ever. That's why a heated seat subscription will always be bullshit because you're driving, you're carrying around the hardware to make it happen. And if it has to get remotely turned on and off, that will always piss people off. Signals from a satellite or some software thing, I think people are okay with. But if there's hardware involved and it's remotely disabled, it will never fly with people because it's terrible. It's just awful no matter what. Now, what about like when 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 Tesla was able to add range to everybody when they were having issues and things like that? Isn't that kind of I think that pisses people off, too, like subscribe to have more range or something like that. I mean, how ridiculous can they take this? Well, I mean, what bothers people about Mm. that is you it's the idea, the note. You're not adding anything. The notion that you've been driving around something that's wait, 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 wait. hold on. This kind of thing has been happening for like and I could be wrong. We have a writer, Thomas, who would know the answer. the difference between a, an older BMW 320i and a 325i, I'm fairly sure, was just software. It was the same engine, the same hardware, the same everything. And this has been code. happening for a while. Yeah. And like, what do you think about that? Like, hey, these things have the same engines, but this one, the is software that though, is different. You could go to an aftermarket place and like reflash your ECU and then unlock the power. So there were ways kind of around it that you could do and feel kind of cool that you did it. 
these are different because the security to lock you out is dynamic and different. You can't just do it once and be done. Like, even if there was a way around it, they could send a software update and disable it, and you're in a constant battle. So, Oh, yeah, the over-the-air stuff. Mm. Yeah, so, like, you're kind of right. It's not 100% different, but there was a path, at least, to making it feel okay. And it was kind of fun if you could unlock something. But this is different because they can always – then it's a constant battle. You there don't is, have there's clearly something different anymore. about this. There clearly is. there's something different because there are so many people who – they just can't get on board with this. No matter what, they're not on board. How did this even come to be? Who was sitting in the boardroom and said, I've got this brilliant idea. We're going to take these options, and instead of making them pay for it once, we're going to get yeah. them paid for it every single month. It's going to be I mean, great. You guys are going to – look at how much revenue we're going to get. It's just never going to stop. Somebody's going to just flow in. It's going to be From fantastic. a greed standpoint, it's genius. If your goal is greed, that's a gold medal greed idea. Yeah, but, but no one's everyone else is it, terrible. Though. I mean, I don't know. Part of me, part of me, like likes the idea of like, hey, I bought a car, and as I, you know, get my manager role and then my next role in my company, instead of having to buy a nicer, you know, a Mercedes now or whatever, I can just keep on improving my own car. But doesn't it piss you off that you've been hauling around all the crap to make it better and you didn't have access to it? Is that like that would, your answer or something? I, I, that would bug me. <laughs> I, I, like that I don't know. I think too. I think there's something that's just some gut level thing about it that feels wrong. It'd be like the idea. Plus it sometimes doesn't carry over to the next owner if there's subscriptions. So it'd be like if you were selling like a used car and then like Ford sent guys in as before it was sold and took out your AC compressor and your heated seats and then just drove away and said, if you want it, you can come to the dealer. We'll sell them back to you. It feels like theft. Like it's I, everything about it just feels wrong. Uh, I, I think we're gonna. Gonna, I think we're just gonna. We're not telling people to go in and 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 steal these options, right? I mean, it's just hacking. Eh, no, this is no. Just so an this example. this discussion is 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 about how in the past there was like a a, a car play thing and people tried getting around something, um, and the point is like, you know, people are pretty. You know, they can get pretty creative, uh, um, and they you should. Know, it's an arms race. If they're going to pull this shit, then people should figure out how to get around it. Yeah, they'll figure it out. That's the point. They'll figure it out. It's probably, it's nothing we advise. We don't want anybody to get in trouble. Okay. um, What are are people willing to pay for in a subscription? That that is an interesting question I'd be curious up to. Where where is that line? Because Jason, I'm with you. I, I think it's somewhere there. If it's already there, I feel like I already paid for it. Yeah. But if it's something that look, I understand that, you know, satellites are very expensive to put into orbit and that there's a cost to that to beam down those satellite radio signals. And hopefully I'm not getting commercials. So that's another benefit right. of paying for it. They're mm-hmm. not having to waste my time listening to this, you know, you know, advertising sure. and stuff like that. So that again, that's a trade off and it's a benefit. And you're also buying some time, right? Because you're not having to listen to ads. So I can see paying for that. But uh yeah. The heated seats thing, and I feel like they should, there should be something grade? where they get compensated for the like the if you aren't paying for heated seats and you're hauling around heated seat hardware, it coils, wiring, whatever. Who owns that? Does the company own that hardware, and should they be paying you a little bit of rent for hauling around their crap that right? you don't actually use? Because it's not your hardware. If you can't use it and it's in your car, <laughs> that's a good. It's probably. Point. It's probably like three pounds of wiring and you know and resistance heaters and crap like that. Why should why should you foot the bill for the gas to haul that crap around? You're not paying for it. Mm-hmm. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Moving on to the next thing. Um, Bo, you mentioned 
the what a sedan is could change you know mm-hmm. the, and i think this crown this new toyota crown is a good example even though it's not a pure ev um no what i see right, Jason? this is this is a this so is a, I, a tweener i got to see this thing in person before they announced it Ooh. uh when i was in toyota at toyota's event in uh plano or wherever the hell it was in texas and it was impressive looking in person i thought it was good looking i personally think the interesting thing about this car is i feel like toyota might be bumping up against the same uh vw phaeton issue where people weren't buying it because the badge because it should have been an audi in this case like is this thing nice enough the crown that it feels like it should be a lexus is it going to be an issue crown doesn't really have name recognition in america like it does in japan but uh, Mercedes was saying in this article, she thinks it's more, what did she think it was more like, David? Like an Avalon level as opposed to like Lexus level. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of parallel there with the the issue that yeah. VW hit with the Phaeton. It, I could definitely see that. Yeah. And I don't know. Where, where does it like, where is it going to be compared to a Lexus? Is it like right on right below it or does it like I feel like it's blurry between bottom yeah. end of Lexus and the crown. I feel right. like there's a lot of blur there. And are people going to reject this just because it's got the Toyota badge on it? I don't maybe people are weird like that. And yeah. I think that's what happened with the Phaeton. So oh, for I, sure. Because yeah. I, I always thought that thing was cool. It is cool. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next thing. Let's go to the homepage. Great story by Matt Stone about the uh, Chrysler car that sank to the bottom of the sea. Yeah, um, that was worth reading. Hey. Um, okay, <laughs> let's talk about this. <laughs> let's cool. talk about uh, the, the Aston Martin Signet. Uh, Fantastic car, the Signet. Yeah, so we, we loaned... Well, yeah, Bo has an amazing Aston Martin Signet, if you're not familiar, because Aston Martin was kind of an independent company to meet the fleet wide mandates for like fuel economy and emissions like like uh like where ferrari or uh alpha would have fiat to lean on or audi and uh and bentley have vw to lean on and the overall fleet for like the cheap efficient clean cars aston didn't have that so they had to reach out and license a car from toyota the tiny iq and then make it an aston martin so they could say this is a car we sell that gets great mileage and great efficiency and minimal emissions so we're cool so they ended up with this kind of crazy compliance car but they made it really cool they couldn't touch the engine or drivetrain because that would defeat the purpose but they made the interior lavish and because it's a small area i feel like they it's a concentrated luxury like even more so it's not spread out over a bigger area everything you see and touch is going to be some kind of nice material and the one that bo has is a special q edition that has these amazing like floral prints it's a it's a fascinating weird little car i love this thing so this is another one that if somebody said this as a joke, nobody would believe it, right? I, this is has to be one of the worst, craziest, dumbest ideas in automotive history to take literally the the pinnacle of the automotive world, the you know Aston Martin, and then reach all the way down to the most fuel efficient. <laughs> basic economy car yeah. and turn that I, mean, I i don't know of any other manufacturer that's done anything like this before uh i don't know why they would it doesn't make any sense it, it was a unique period in time where they did need the, the the credits uh i guess in europe but it still seems you know what's close to the you remember you know the radford mini you ever yes. heard of Rad- 
Yeah. Radford yeah. Mini is a little bit like this. So there was a while where, but Radford was even a separate company, but where you could buy uh, a BMC Mini, send it to this company, Radford, and then they would make it crazy luxurious. I think a few of the Beatles had them yeah. and the interiors were beautiful and real leather. That's the closest analog I could think of, but even the circumstances are. But that would be like Rolls Royce licensing Mini and then yeah. call it a Rolls Royce. Right. But they Which I, I, I think is a great idea. Like, I feel like there is a market for a luxurious city car. I feel like I think I think they could sell them. I think there's places where the density is such that you don't want to take a full size Rolls Royce into town and you don't necessarily want your driver to deal with it. But you want that luxury because you're you just live in that world so much. You can't imagine the idea of your hand touching bare plastic. You might get a rash. So maybe there is a place for a tiny car that's incredibly lavish in the inside. And so in that context, when Aston Martin approached us on this, and, and, and this was like they, they actually came out, they had this big meeting, you know, the, the factory comes out, they bring all the representatives, like there's four of them sitting at the table. Okay, but we're, we're thinking about bringing this vehicle to market and we're, we want to kind of gauge, you know, what the interest is. And they show this thing and we're like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding. Like, okay, how many of these do you think you can sell? <laughs> And I have to say, that is one of the most challenging questions that I've been asked, because <laughs> what do you possibly compare it against? Yeah, I forget what it was like a $50,000, $60,000. Yeah, I think it was car, basically, I think it uh, was in the 50s and 60s. It was not cheap. Like, who is going to drive this? You know, so that was and to me. That's what really makes it wonderful. Now, obviously, it didn't make it to America. Uh, I, I don't know how it would have done. I mean, in Los Angeles, nobody would have bought maybe New York. Yeah, New York. Or San, San Francisco, maybe. Yeah, San Francisco, maybe. Do you remember but when they were trying to, to? But but here's the thing, like who wants to show up looking like a fortune, but also being cheap? It's like this weird. Like, I remember, want to look like I'm rich, but I'm driving something really cheap. Do you remember I, I when they were trying to pitch it as like the equivalent of like a tender for a yacht? Yes. Like the little boat you had for a which is a exactly. weird analogy because it it implies if you use that analogy, that would that would be you would like be driving a big truck with this thing somehow in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you came to a street you couldn't park in, you'd get out of your truck, get in your little signet, go in there, park, and then who the hell knows what happened to the truck. It's I always thought that analogy was charming but well now we can take aston's suv a dbx and like tow it and then you know, <laughs> yeah you can go, tow, go places yeah. i guess that would be a closer analogy to the, the yacht tender so you know that you so well, here and here's a, a kind of a fun uh, statistic so obviously they didn't make a, a ton of these things i forget what the total uh, production was uh but when i was looking at these uh the signet of of any of the mass market aston martin held their value better than any other Aston at the time. Really? That was the crazy thing. Like it, it, wow. it was still selling for like, I feel like between 95 and 105% of MSRP. Just because of novelty? Down by, except for, you know, some of the super exotics and things like that, that, you know, uh, 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 go up and, and things. Oh, they did not make a lot of them. Wow. Not a lot. For a while, I was obsessed Ooh. with trying to figure out if you could retrofit a Wait, hold IQ. On. Look at this website. AMSignet.com. Oh, right. Oh, AMSignet. Aston Martin Signet. Oh, right. Like, I wonder. There's there's more geeks out there. Would it be Look, possible the, to convert uh, an, a Toyota IQ, or is it too much change? I mean, you could the body panels you could change. I think you could do it, but I, the interior would really 
bankrupt you though. It would. Oh, be. it cost a four. Well, they did these. I mean, it, it was more than the cost of the car, were the materials and everything that went on the car. Shit, you're right. It's got to be doubled the price. That's you know, the closest I ever came to seeing a signet was actually on a dating app in the background oh, yeah. I of, in the that. background of a girl. Did I send you the picture? Jason? You sent me the picture because it was amazing. It was a girl had taken a picture of herself or someone. And there's a signet in the background. Yeah. The girl clearly irrelevant in this story because there's yeah. a freaking signet behind yeah, her. Swipe right in that I, signet, though. I might have sent her a message you swipe all right? about the signet. Of course, yeah, you'd be a fool to swipe <laughs> left. I think I might have sent her a message all about the signet. Never heard back. I don't know why. Oh. Anyway, that's amazing. All right, let's that's move a on. Very specific kind of honey trap right there. <laughs> it <laughs> really specific. is. Yeah. But she knows what she's doing. Let's be honest. The signet. No, she does. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. There's not a whole lot to say about. Well, there is a lot to say about this. There, because. Yeah, th this particular car, I just think, is an interesting example of a bigger, a bigger sub movement in the auto industry that is fascinating. That's the hypermiler guys that take geometros and do crazy ass things to them. Because this is not the only one of these. Like even the split cab is not the only time I've seen that. Usually they do like you know teardrop tails and things, but there's a whole oh, subculture wow. of a of geometro hypermilers that do bonkers stuff to oh, their wait, car. Wait. There's a subculture yes. of geometro specifically. Hypermilers. Geometros. Well, mm -hmm. In the hypermiler community, the metro is always kind of like the gold standard because <laughs> it got There's crazy good mileage. of hypermilers. Oh, there very much is. If you want to find maybe <laughs> actually in no offense state. to hypermilers, the most unpleasant as far as the driving experience goes, I've hypermiled. I can do it very well. I won that Audi contest on the one tank of gas. I'm very good at it. I hate it. It is the most annoying, painful style of driving you can imagine. But there are masochistic people who adore it. And their vehicle of choice, their chariot of choice is often a metro. And then they wow. they make them, they strip out everything. They reduce weight. They make them tinier. Look at this. So this ironic, in the 1950s, we actually did a hypermiling thing for mobile gas. Whoa. And I forget what it was called, but we did it in an Edsel, and we actually Whoa. won. Wow. Driving what, from Los Angeles do you remember to Texas. What kind of mileage did you get out of a, an Edsel? Because uh, wait, I find out. It was like in the normally, 20s. I mean, normally an Edsel probably gets what, 12? Yeah. Maybe. Because it was, was two in the, speed. In the, in the 20s, something like that. Holy, that that's good. that's no joke. Gas run, that's what it was. Yeah. Huh. And Which Jason, is kind of ironic thinking a gas like, like a gas company did that. You know, you'd think they want. Yeah, that that's is true. Pretty that's cool. As possible. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, Jason, what was the uh, hypermiling thing that you that you did? It was uh, Audi. It was like a, it was a diesel. I was pre. -diesel oh gate. no way! You pre did diesel. You gate. did you did a diesel gate like yeah. basically an ad. For the Dieselgate cars, I did. Yeah, nice. yep, yeah. It was, it was, it was in a. We went from like Sandy like, or someplace in like Arizona to San Diego. I think I drove on one tank of diesel like eight hundred and sixty some odd miles, and it's so, like it was impressive. And I was at the thing where the the gauge was telling me zero, and you know, like fill up now zero miles for, well, like about two hours. It was insane. Like, but you have to drive. Oh, it was so miserable. Like windows yeah. up, AC off. It was hot. You have to modulate the throttle so carefully. If you want to accelerate, you had to like, there, like there, there is no throttle on a diesel. Just, just, uh, oh, sorry. No throttle. What do you, when you hit the, the diesel pedal, it's what is fuel it adjusting? Delivery. 
You should just say accelerator. Accelerator pedals. The accelerate. You had a. Like I, I had to drive without my shoes to get the level of modulation <laughs> it required to make it work. It was maddening, and you had to uh, you had to like watch the RPM dial. And a cop. Okay, so we're at we have like ten miles left of range, and we're on a highway. And we still have this huge overpass to go on. So I'm on a highway doing like forty five miles an hour, and a cop pulls up behind us, and over his speaker, he's going. You have to drive faster. And then he made me go up to like 60 what? miles an hour, which sounded like it was, be- it just felt like getting stabbed in the heart. And he stayed behind me until oh. we exited the highway. I thought that was going to kill us, but we were able to, I was able to pull it off still. <laughs> what? That happened? A cop did- I've never had a cop do that. Tell you to go <laughs> faster and then like make oh sure I did gosh. it. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Whew. Okay. All right. We are. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk about one quick thing before we do an outro. We're gonna talk about any recent cars that we've driven or bought that we need to talk about. Um, yeah. well, I I actually I recently drove the uh, the Volkswagen ID Buzz the van about that. Yeah. Oh yes, Go sure did. About that. And this I can tell good. you absolutely, I'm not. I'm sworn to secrecy for at least a month or so so but we can talk off we can talk off yeah um i also drove the uh, hyundai uh, hyundai uh no the uh, genesis gv60 which is based on the ionic 5 platform Ooh, that thing. Oh. um oh and then i drove this incredible hyundai staria diesel minivan that's oh, a cool looking van oh. too that's yeah. a it's very cool van insert picture it looks amazing um yeah. and then i also bought the uh a Nash Metropolitan, but anyway, um, yeah, you guys go ahead. If there's anything that you've driven that you've driven uh, recently that you want to talk about, I think David's Nash is a big story, which we should talk more about later because I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I know you haven't seen it yet, but so for me, the only thing I want to mention is I'm having the worst car luck right now. Everything is going to shit. Oh, no. Um, my pal, okay, I hit a deer. Uh, I got the bodywork fixed. There was a radiator leak. The shop hit a cooked. deer in the pal. I hit a deer in the pal in October. Okay, nice. hit a deer in the pal in October. I was okay, but the body was messed up. The insurance people didn't notice that there was a pinhole leak in the radiator. So I spent all this time. I had to order parts from Japan. I got a hood for a hundred bucks, seven hundred dollars shipping from Tokyo or wherever. Uh, but it looked great. But then the shop when they were testing it. They didn't realize it was a radiator leak. They overheated it, cooked the head gasket. So now I've got to extend the insurance claim and get that done. The shop it was at, the guy quit. I just want my car back so badly. It's my one really reliable car. So that I don't have access to. David bought me this amazing Ford F-150 pickup truck, the Marshall, which I was driving around a lot. But uh, last weekend, in the middle of a horrible rainstorm, the belt, the serpentine belt somehow popped off so i had to like re put it on and it has this incredibly difficult tensioner i gotta figure out what the hell happened because i don't and know he why drove it up. without a belt on do you understand i had to get to a place to stop i was in the middle of the road <laughs> i had to get off the... i couldn't just stop there david it was a rainstorm and there was literally no <laughs> shoulder I could, there was rain coming in which is water so there was water being thrown at the engine plenty of that that thing's uh, gonna was... overheat no, it's okay. I it's actually I got the belt back on to get home. So, but I had to skip the AC condenser because the I couldn't get the tension roll. It's a cluster fudge. So there's that. And then okay, then so I have my Yugo still. 
which is like, okay, go to the reliable Yugo. I took the Yugo to this a car show in town. I was parked between a Ferrari and there was a McLaren and there were all these fancy cars and my Yugo, like a turd in a swimming pool was there. And that. it was it was so good. And then people were like, as I was leaving, they were like, do a burnout, do a burnout. So I'm like, okay, all full of, you know, I'm all high on ego, on Yugo power. And I stomp it and pop the clutch. I do a little burnout and I broke the accelerator cable and that happened. So... I rigged it back up well enough. And then I was driving somewhere about an hour away last night. And then I'm driving home. Accelerator cable breaks again. I had to rig it up in the ugliest way possible where it's just the bare cable and the sleeve is off. So I have to fix that. My Changli's got some bad batteries. Hopefully our oh, sponsor geez. Optima batteries from the uh, token Come sponsored on, by Optima batteries. They're going to supposedly send me some new batteries for the Changli. <laughs> My beetle still has the carbs. I'm just an idiot. I have like six cars. And right now the one that, even partially running is a Yugo with a ridiculous <laughs> jury rigged stupid That's so cable. sad. How did you get to this point? Exactly. <laughs> how? Uh, I, I love how you called the Yugo your most reliable car in the very beginning of the conversation. Yeah, you? right now it is, which is the saddest <laughs> thing. The truck should be. And the truck was. I, I was driving this truck around all the time. Yeah, it's unkillable. Uh, I don't I don't know why the belt the belt you installed the belt by the way I like did it but I had someone who knew what they were doing right mm -hmm. next to me who helped me do it like the the path was right like the I was driving this thing for months just fine I couldn't <laughs> if the if I just if I put the belt on wrong it would have failed a lot sooner it, there's no way I could install the belt wrong Look, and it goes for months I just love the idea that you'd experience the serpentine belt slipping off in a rainstorm. That's classic. That's classic. This the serpentine belt flying off an engine. That's a classic failure. It's a anyway. terrible failure. Um, Bo, have you driven anything uh, noteworthy? Well, uh, it wasn't too long ago. I, you know, I had a trip over to Europe and uh, visiting Lotus. So I got a chance to drive the Amira uh, on the Lotus test. Track, and oh. that was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, first of all, just visiting Lotus and Heathel, I'd never been there before and, you know, kind of fascinating because they're going from basically building cars the same way for the past 60, 70 years or something like that. And now they're actually getting modernized, which is kind of kind of crazy and be, becoming a real grown up car company, which is exciting. Uh, but what was what was crazy is we get in this Amira and it's a right hand drive. So I'm already, you know, kind of discombobulated for that for whatever reason. Then they go, okay, just get out on the track and go. Well, I've never been on this track in my life. We're going the wrong direction, the wrong car, in the, in the wrong side of the steering wheel. Uh, I don't have my glasses. It's raining outside. And the guy next to me is, I have no idea what he's saying because his accent is so thick and this thick <laughs> English accent. And the only thing I heard, because he's like, go. And uh, the only thing I finally heard was, uh, yeah, hair, hairpin turn coming up. And thank God he said that, because I would have oh had that God. thing squared to the wall, which I found out later the vice president did. Uh, but Whoa. anyway, I have to say that new Amira, it was absolutely a true modern Lotus in every sense of the word. It uh, looks great. The power the pictures was I've absolutely seen. phenomenal. The handling, classic Lotus. So um, that's a all-wheel drive, fully electric car? No, no. This is their the last SUV. gasoline sports oh. car. So oh, this is the swan song of the uh, lightweight, uh, wow. you know, ad lightness, uh, uh, gasoline powered cars. This is a last gas powered sports car. Then after that, I got a chance to see uh, the one you're talking about, which is their all oh. EV uh, SUV. That's, yeah. That's too many letters, by the way. It is 
Unbelievable. I can't even tell you how cool, because uh, you, you can't really get appreciated in pictures. Uh, but this Electra, which, by the way, I think is a very cool name. Electra's uh, great name. Yeah, yeah Buick not uh, they're not they're not hearing from Buick about the uh, the Electra name. Um, they haven't so far, uh, you know. Uh, so we'll 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 see we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but wait, what's Buick? Is it Buick slightly different? Buick is Electra. It, How do they spell Electras it? the same way? Like Carmen Electra? Eek. Yeah, I think hmm. Buick Electra was just yeah, like Electra. Yeah, well, maybe they will have a problem. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, Lotus is Lotus is with an E. Lotus has an E at the end. Yes. Oh, okay. Electra. They're all right. Electra. Like, oh, wait, wait, no, it's it's Electra. There's not even a C before the T. Oh, Electra. Electra. Oh, they're going to be a, I think. Anyway. They're probably going to be. Anyway. Can this we can edit. We can redub all this so we don't seem like idiots. We'll just redub it. No one's going to know. So that's, yeah, that's what I drove. Stuck. And then on that same trip, uh, I got to go over to Aston Martin and drove the uh, 707 out on the highway, Ooh. which was absolutely phenomenal, which I'm a, wow. a big Aston Martin fan. Obviously, a big SUV is not something you typically think about with Aston Martin, but now everybody's doing it. But what was amazing about the 707 is it felt like the car lost a thousand pounds hmm. with all that extra horsepower and torque it handled brilliantly i got on the highway and the guy's like eh, hey bo just give it some beans i'm like uh, go faster i'm like okay so i hit it and i have to say that thing screams uh later i found out i was going so fast that uh, i could have been arrested and thrown in jail but nobody actually told me that um but it was beautiful so i had a couple of really amazing drives when i was out there in europe so wow yeah i hope you're doing the same thing david uh, yes, I am. I, I've driven some great vehicles at the German Car of the Year event uh, last week. Um, you'll see some reviews on our site. Short reviews because they were just short drives, but uh, some some great vehicles. Super cool. Um, all right. This has been a great conversation. Um, Let's tell them what we got coming up next. Are you sure it's been a great conversation? Yeah, well, great enough. <laughs> asking other their opinion of the, of the conversation? Well... Um, well, hopefully, you've, uh, you're right. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this podcast so far. Um, our very first. Um, yeah, we have a lot of exciting things coming coming up. We do soon. We do, especially. Uh, well, we've got a very very strange uh, food related uh, video and discussion mm -hmm. uh, where Jason and I tried to determine the optimal uh, driving food. Yeah, um, a this. rigorous testing process we had for that. Actually, yes, it's good. Um, there was yeah. Jason's gonna go drive a tank soon. Yeah, uh, cool. so that will be that will be exciting. Yep. Um, we've got. Uh, I will be going to Australia. I purchased some very uh, uh, decrepit uh, Utes uh, in the middle of nowhere, Australia, and yeah. I'm going to be taking them to basically. It's like a Burning Man uh, um, for Ute people. It's like a, just an unhinged fest of Australians, and and. We've we gotta got put pig, we gotta throw up some pictures of these Utes you got. I think even uh, using it plural is generous mm, because between yeah. the two of them, you maybe have seventy four percent of a Ute. That's true. That's yeah. true. So, but let's put it's gonna up. be a wrench fest like no other. I've got yeah. basically four weeks to get these one and a half Utes into like one functional one that passed inspection, and we've got Pebble Beach coming up, which is gonna be oh, epic. Yeah. That's gonna be amazing. Got all kinds of good plans. All kinds yeah. of cool stuff. All right. Well, so, anyway, thank you, everybody. What is an Autopian, by the way? Well, an Autopian is someone who 
unapologetically loves cars yeah, and car go. culture. Dude, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and all car culture, right? We're all car culture. They they do not discriminate. Right. Autopians. Do not it, discriminate. They love every. You're always welcome. And auto, any fact, two Autopians you. will find something they're both interested in, no matter what corners of the car world they come from. That's right. That's Look at this. Here it is. Here's hey, our here mission statement. Oh yeah. Look, the Autopian exists to serve the car enthusiast community by creating content that informs and entertains. And here's 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 the important bit: while celebrating the unifying quality of automobiles. That's right. I love it. Because it is. You meet. You can meet people through cars in ways you never could otherwise, and That's it's right. glorious. Or oh, more to the point, it's a cult. Let's call it what yeah, it is. A cult. It's it a cult. It yeah, it's a big painful <laughs> cult. And we'll take you away from your families. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, um, yeah, uh, good hanging out with you guys. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Thank you so much. All right, fellow Utopians, thank you for joining us on the podcast, and we will see you next week or hear you. I don't know.